down-to-earth tips and advice while doing our best to help you seasonally manage your garden and landscape. I'm Joanne Shaw, owner of Down to Earth Landscape Design, and with me is my co-host and co-author, Matthew Dressing. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I'm Matthew Dressing, owner of Natural Affinity Garden Design. As landscape designers and gardeners, we believe it's important and possible to have great gardens, which are sustainable and low maintenance, and we want to help you make it happen. That's right. Hello, everyone. We are back after a short break. We are excited to talk all about August in the garden. What are you looking forward to this August? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our Down the Garden Path Facebook group to share your pictures or ask us questions about your August garden. And if you have uh, show ideas, Facebook is the perfect place to write as well. Hi, Matt. Joanne, hello. Welcome back. Yes, we've taken a little break. Uh, as everybody knows, Reality Radio 101. Um, and we're doing the podcast on our own. So uh, here we go. It's August already. Can you believe the summer is flying by? It totally is. It is flying by. And I'm excited to you know do these a uh, little shorter episodes for everyone. Um, and I know we, I know we've received so many lovely messages for everybody. So thank you. I know you've missed us for a little while, but we are back. That's right. And if you're listening now at home or in the car, we'd still love to hear you from you. As Joanne said, uh, you know what? You can always join or visit our Facebook group at Down the Garden Path Podcast is our handle there. Share us pictures. Tell us what you're doing. Uh, this August in your garden. So how has your summer been so far? It's been pretty good. It's been pretty interesting because we've had hot temperatures, but we've also had rain. So it's been a kind of a weird summer, hasn't it? Yeah, we've got a lot more rain. You're right. Uh, from compared to previous years, which is really nice. I always love that little break and the cool yes. off from the rain. And yeah. I'm sure we've all noticed we were just talking about before the show as well. Uh, you know, lawns haven't suffered as much either. And we'll get into that as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know what? I think everything is a little happier uh, in the ground right now for all that extra rain that we've been getting. That's right. And I have to say, I'm starting to feel that because I work outside so much that I'm not even really feeling the heat. I think as long as my inside, like when I'm inside and sleeping and working and eating, I'm it's cool. I'm not finding like the, everybody, the news was all last week about how hot it was and stuff. And I really didn't feel it. Like, I, you know, I think it's almost like they're just, they have nothing else to talk about. So they're just talking about the heat, just like <laughs> in the winter, they talk about the snow or whatever. Right. So, um, so yeah, so I, I was kind of like, this just feels like July. <laughs> right? I agree. I feel uh, the like same it way. Is, it is summer. Like they're, you know, I, I, I don't know. So can't really listen to the news. It was like, thank goodness. Right. It was warm. So Yes. So yeah, so I'm excited. And I think because of the rain, you know, we haven't had to water our gardens or our containers um, as often uh, as usual. So that has been nice. That has been nice. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. How are things on your balcony? The balcony is looking good. And you know what, just speaking of watering, I actually um, added some of the composted hemlock mulch, uh, a little bit more to all of my planters versus usually just the one or two that are in the sun growing the tomatoes and the, the mm -hmm. other veggies. And uh, wow, has it helped quite a bit. So helped oh. hold in all of this water and it's cut my watering 
easily by half. So oh, good. Yeah, even in those shady spots, there's enough sun. So yeah, oh, so things have been good. That's good. Well, as we approach August, it's hard to believe that we are going. We have to start thinking about fall bulbs, but oh. or, you know, but now is the time to kind of think about it. And I, you know, we always said, like, especially we say it all the time, and we wrote it about it so much in our book. But take pictures, see where there's holes in your garden where you, um, and if you did take pictures in the spring, you know, now you can start planning for bulbs. And it's not time to plant them yet, but we know from firsthand that the the best ones go the quickest, right? So the large, cool alliums, the cool colors of daffodils, um, you know, the doubles or the double whites and, and things like that. I'm not a fan of, of doing tulips just because I don't want to, I don't want to battle the critters. Uh, but I know even they, if you are, you know, have guts of steel to do that, uh, <laughs> if you want to fight the the squirrels uh a lot of the really cool colors right of tulips and the the parrot ones and they tend to go fast as well yeah the parrot ones are super cool unusual ruffles i uh, have to do the exact same thing i'm looking forward to looking at some bulbs uh one of my clients really enjoys planting bulbs uh every year now is the time to start getting those catalogs and planning on what we're going to plant so we're gonna add more crocuses we're gonna add a few more naturalizing like species tulips oh. uh, and other things things that will reduce my maintenance for uh you know spring cleanup when the bulbs or summer cleanup as the bulbs start to to right. fade away as well but yeah, yeah i can't resist it. you uh, i love those parrots but also those big peony head uh tulips oh, as well they're just so pretty and, and some of them have such a nice fragrance but yes yeah, so yeah now is definitely the time check online for all your favorite seed companies they may have some fall bulbs um even just there are specific fall bulb uh companies out there things like um uh, Brex comes to mind f for me, but uh, yeah, yeah, there are lots, and depending on where you are, because again, uh, we know that you guys are all over North America listening to us here down the garden path. So it's start time to start to uh, take a look for them. Exactly, I think of um, you know, I, I was in Costco this week, and I haven't been to Costco in ages, but they have winter coats out already. So then that tells you, like, so they always plan ahead, and we're so used to that. Like, you can get bathing. Best time to get a bathing suit is December you know <laughs> type of thing so that's when you're going to start to see the bulbs come out and the other thing is um garlic so if you yes. are if you've grown it before or if you're interested in trying to grow garlic that's another thing uh it's still too early to plant it but buying it ordering it looking for the uh you know the the bright variety for you now is a good time to you know august i should say not now but august is the good time yeah, indeed. Yeah, I was at uh, a couple of local farms just seeing what they their offerings were. And uh, yeah, garlic is all over the place. And yeah, now's the time to start thinking and looking for sure. For yeah. sure. Do farmers at farmers markets, have you been going to those? Like, do they give, do they sell the seed garlic as well? I haven't seen the seed garlic. I've just seen like the full cloves you'd buy right. for cooking and then you'd break up apart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they've had some, and I usually see just kind of the, the common, like I'll see just the common white garlic or mm -hmm. like an elephant garlic, uh, or sometimes things like a Russian red or a Mexican purple uh, mm -hmm. type, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like the striped purple ones, see that little 
oomph of flavor, but. Oh, that's good. Well, I don't know if you caught or if our listeners caught my little exchange with uh, our friend Julia, because I've been struggling with trying to grow garlic and I really wanted to grow it within my garden because I don't have a dedicated space for it and I've not been successful. So I dug up that, you know, when I harvested this year, I was like, I sent her a message in a video of my sad little bulbs and I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And she just, she just said that, that that's not something you can do with garlic. Like don't want competition. They want to be by themselves. Uh, they, I, um, I had them near my U hedge and I don't, I did read that the U hedge wasn't acidic. Like U's aren't as acidic as some of the other evergreens. Cause she said they definitely don't like uh, acidic soil either, but, um, but yeah, so I think my goal of thinking, you know, and, and the perfect world would be to have, you know, garlic coming up in amongst my other plants and, uh, I get scapes and everything, even though they're kind of wimpy scapes, but, um, yeah, so I just think I need to just pass and buy support farmers and buy the garlic at a farmer's market and just know that I just don't have space for it. Well, did you uh, just sorry, I'm just listening to the story. And I'm like, how big of a space do you have in between some of the perennials? Like, could you bury a container and prevent the roots from coming into that space and then like amend the soil just for the garlic? And then just keep it weeded? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, do you grow them in a, just in a container on the balcony? And that's what, that was what made me think of it too was because I'm all container growing, right? Is mm-hmm. Yeah, I try to grow them in uh, my large nursery pots. So I thought, well, what if you did like I did and then just buried it in there? But le- like you said, they don't like competition. I usually put them beside uh, my tomato in my right. thing. Mm-hmm. And I find that they do the ones that are closest to the tomato do grow a little smaller than the others because of the competition. So mm, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, I do. And then again, because you're going to plant the garlic now in the fall to overwinter me having them in a container as well, I do lose a percentage yeah. uh, of them, unfortunately higher than I'd, I'd like. So yeah. So maybe if you're, you're experimenting with yours, maybe I'll experiment and try to overwinter them in their own container in a different way mm-hmm. outside or in the fridge or something like that. Yeah. Who knows? yeah. <laughs> so if you were growing garlic and if you are growing them in, in amongst your other plants with success, so I'd love to hear you. But uh, if that's what you were thinking of trying to do what I'm doing and you struggled. Uh, so Julie was very nice. We did. We shared some uh, stories back and forth on Instagram and she did a video. I did my video to her and she did a video back and and that was very nice. So yes, watch out for Inst- Down the Garden Path podcast Instagram account because you never know what's going to pop up there, right? That's right. That's right. Speaking of uh, garlic and other edibles, fruits and veggies, uh, you know, don't forget to stay on top of harvesting and your herbs and your veggies, making sure that nothing is diseased. If your tomatoes are falling, they're not rotting uh, in place, just kind of keeping that sanitation up. And then don't forget to continue your to trimming your herbs, your mints and your basils. We don't want them to go woody. We want to make sure that they're always producing nice, uh, fresh green for you so that you can grab the best stuff when you go out and uh, grab them. So yeah, so keep pruning and uh, snipping and harvesting as you go. Uh, If you do have some issues, I know uh, a neighbor of mine actually has some grapes on their fence. As things start to come into uh, being ripe, if you need to, you can also start to cover some of your ripening fruit. Maybe you need to put a bird net around your uh, fruit trees or like my neighbor they put a a thin mesh uh, around all of their grapes just to protect them 
from visiting animals who might uh, want to uh, nip a few or take a few away for sure. That's right. I have a question about lettuce. So my lettuce, I'm growing two types in one of my um, pouches. Like I've got one of those uh, grow bags all oh, on, yeah. the, on the fence and they've bolted. Um, can you like, are they then just garbage? Like you have to pull them out or can you just trim back to like some of the lower? You, you might try cutting and coming again kind of thing but usually once they bolt their internal chemistry changes a bit Mm. so then the leaves start to lose or change their flavor um so most of the time we just we rip it out the season's grown so long and it's yeah yeah, a heat and a light thing so yeah i I always rip mine out i've actually never just kind of cut it back and let it come again so yeah, yeah, I've never had as much luck. Like I've had actually two, two or three, like, you know, uh, harvest from it, which is the most I've ever done. So, um, so I may try to just cut it back and see and, and I know we can start, uh, but I think I'm out of containers, because I know we can sprinkle some more seeds, right? And in the gar- garden and grow start growing some more. But um, right. I don't- I don't know that I have that any more room. <laughs> any more room. Well, That's if you right. do have some room, uh, we do still have some time that we can still start to plant some things. As we get into August, we can start to sow some beans, beets, spinach, some other lettuces, things like turnips. Uh, we can always uh, start planting a few of these things just to get our nice fall harvest. So even though you're harvesting and removing some things, we can still prepare start to get a few other beans and beets and some root crops uh getting to get them growing we're, we're past the time for potatoes uh but you could do as well maybe some carrots to put down and, and get a fall harvest so even though if you are running out of room um or you've harvested some and you do have some little bit of room left we still have some things that we can plant so don't give up just yet i might actually go out and um i plant i bought a sugar beet an albino sugar beet Yes, and it's supposedly being a really good one for um, like drawing and using as a like a beet sugar. So I'm going to plant a few of those for my fall harvest. And then I also have just some sugar snap peas as well that only really grow like two feet tall. So I've got a little bit of space for those. I'm going to try planting those. Oh, very interesting. And annuals and perennials. So I still have an annual grass that I haven't put in um, oh. <laughs> in a container. Uh, and I discovered, I couldn't figure out why my Gora was not really performing. Like I had long stems, but no flowers. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I um, ended up walking between the two pots that kind of they, because they have gotten long that, you know, you're anyway, long story short is I had aphids. So then I brought oh. the aphids into the house because I'm sitting at my desk and I'm like, oh my God, what are those green things? And I'm like, so I think when I brushed up against the long stems of my Gora, more whirling butterflies, some people know it as, um, I realized they've recovered an aphid. So the aphids have eaten all my flowers. So I think I'm going to cut it back. I haven't decided yet. Um, oh. Just hoping that, you know, it will rebloom for me. But uh, yeah, so um, so now is the time to, uh, you know, sp- spend a bit of attention, right? To your annuals, do some deadheading. Um, maybe hit your annuals with your containers with some fertilizer if they're starting to look a little sad after the rain, because I think that's been challenging, right? The, the, the heat is making, you know, keeping them happy, but then with all the rain, it's just 
throw it's just it also not only does it water them but it knocks off the blooms don't you find yeah we lose some of the blooms to just some standing water kind of yeah. quickens them along uh then the heat of course like you said doesn't help as well a little bit yeah and then especially if you have like containers um right lots of water if your containers are out in the open and they get a nice deep thorough day-long watering in the rain we get to see a lot of that leaching of some of our more soluble nutrients mm. and they flush away so if you don't have something like a granular fertilizer that's slowly feeding uh, I know I've been doing just like a water soluble so when my uh, containers get too wet I know I have to you know maybe shorten my fertilizing by you know every two weeks a water soluble I might do it every 10 days if we get a, a few good rainy days in there just to make sure I, they're constantly fed but okay. yeah definitely keep them deadheading keep them uh, nice and and fed. We can do that every two weeks, all the way up until about Thanksgiving, um, or whenever you rip out your annuals. That's uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> when you're For ready sure. to be done with it, and if you have some perennials in your garden, not to forget about the perennials, things like um your salvias and your penstemons. Uh, although I know salvias will rebloom if we deadhead. Will the penstemons do that as well? I have seen them lightly rebloom. Like I've taken yeah. off their main stalks and then like the salvia, there's a couple like um, auxiliary ones on the side. Yes. Okay. But, but they never get as big as mm -hmm. as the other ones, as your the main flush. Yeah. 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 And my cat man, I do some pruning of that too, because the flowers do kind of fade a little bit. Yes. Um, so cat mint's another one that you can... Uh, you can, you know, do some deadheading and kind of encourage new growth. Lavender. I've wondered about that too, about whether you can get a second flush of, of lavender. I've, I've never, the one client, I've never grown lavender here because I don't have okay. the sun for it. And I choose other things to take up its space. Like, yes. Uh, but the ones that I've maintained at clients, I've deadheaded them a little bit and I've seen like maybe one or two, mm. but like I've never seen like a rejuvenation pruning so right. like hack it to eight inches and it reflushes so yeah uh, that i i'd have to say i honestly don't 100 know um but i may try matt why don't there i try you go Okay. Well, we'll try and we'll report to you on our next episode. <laughs> we will. We will. We'll see if Facebook. I do it at the beginning of August and maybe I'll see something at the beginning of September for <laughs> our September in the garden episode. <laughs> exactly. As you were saying too, uh, aphids and other diseases, don't forget to take a look around. I know right now our peony foliage starts to look really rough with our powdery mildew. So powdery mildew is that white film that starts to take up over our leaves on our peonies. You'll also see it at this time of year on other things like your bee balm, uh, your phlox, some of the larger maples, like your Norway maples, will start to blush with that little white powder. Uh, so we can cut back our peonies, we can cut back or remove any of that foliage that might have some of uh, that powdery mildew on there as well. But right now, I mean, we've also got spider mites. Uh, you were saying you have aphids mm -hmm. in your whirling butterflies. I know um, I've got some aphids on some celosia when that's a pain to get rid of. Uh, and then we also are starting to see our Japanese beetles. Uh, we're in peak season of mm -hmm. gathered clumps of Japanese beetles 
Uh, so remember collecting those in traps. They do work. They don't bring in every single one within a kilometer or more. As long as you only buy one trap. I mean, that's the thing. Yes. There's so much misinformation on the, online about that. But yes, more is not better. Correct. In that in that case, because that's when it does, then you're amped up the pheromone and that's where you are get, getting your neighbor's uh, bugs. So if you are, just follow the directions. They have the square meters and the square feet on there um you're you're only but you do want to move the bag um not or the trap not right beside the plants that they're eating you want to move it somewhere else in your yard um you don't need one for the front yard and one for the backyard you just need one yeah are those they cover such a radius or a square footage now and our houses are so small that yeah yeah one along the side of the house there's no plants are going to eat. We'll draw them all in for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, and then just make sure it's somewhere sunny, as I say, side of the house. Oh. Uh, because they are warm. They like to move with the warmth. So you'll get a better catch that way for sure. Oh, oh that's a good point. Because I always hung mine in uh, under my shade tree. <laughs> ah. Okay. Because that was away from my sunny spot. So, yeah, that's good to know. Oh, Thank there you. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. So moving away our annuals and perennials, keep deadheading, keep feeding if you need to uh, in your garden beds as well. Because I think we all think a little bit of containers when we're, when we say the word annuals and it's summer, right? It's all those flowers, but don't forget you, it's time you could also put down another layer of compost uh, in your garden beds as well. So perhaps you're feeding a little bit more organically. There's always uh, organic uh, liquid as well as uh, slow release fertilizers, but you could also use a nice rich uh, fertilizing compost, something that's nice and rich uh, to put down amongst your perennials as well for a nice slow feed. So don't forget you could do that as well. Yeah. And I know a lot of our, our uh, listeners are trying to grow more native plants, as am I. And some of the reading I've done is they don't particularly, they want the, the crappy soil. Like they don't necessarily want to be amended and tilled and, and fertilized. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah. Uh, and I know they're slow to get going. I know my pale purple uh, comb flowers that I planted this year are not doing anything there. I don't think I'm going to get a flower from them at all this year. So they can be pretty slow um, to kind of get established and to start blooming. So don't be throwing fertilizer or any extra babying at them. They are the ones that need the tough love. Yeah, no, excellent point. Uh, native plants like it a little rougher here uh, around the space or in their soil. So mm-hmm. you don't have to overdo them with fertilizer. It's not going to cause them to suddenly send up flowers or double in size or anything like that. Right. Uh, they do enjoy that little bit of a rougher condition for sure. Excellent. Yeah. And the other thing we were talking about a little bit before the show was because of the rain, our lawns are looking pretty good, aren't they? <sighs> They are, yeah. I haven't seen many go dormant yet at all because mm-hmm. of our we all grow our cool season grasses, or at least we do here in the GTA uh, of uh, Canada or Ontario, wherever we are. Where are we? I don't yeah. know. Uh, but here in the Greater Toronto area uh, and most of Canada, we have our cooler season grasses. So as the heat ramps up, we start to see our grasses start to go to sleep. But again, like you said, we've had that nice rain. So it's stayed nice and green and lush. So luckily, we've had a pretty green summer 
as far as lawns go, for sure. So for far, sure. anyway. So we'll so see what far. August brings. Yeah, we definitely see what August brings. I do know August is going to bring weeds. So mm-hmm. that's the time to really keep an eye before they get ahead of you. Things like crabgrass, um, you know, you can, it's the fat, it's the thick bladed uh, grass within your grass, uh, the weed, and you want to get them as early as possible, especially after it's just rained, they'll be much easier to pull out before they go to seed. So if you can pull them out before they spread seed, that seed gets spread, you know, well, as what grows next year. So, um, so that's something to think about. I know it's hard when they grow like on the edge of the driveway or along the outside of the curb, you know, where the asphalt meets the curb along, you know, along that's tricky. And when your neighbors have it, like, even if you're taking care of your stuff, you know, you're going to get your neighbor's weeds. So weeds can be tricky, but you do want to try and it's not the end of the world though. Um, but you do want to try and, and stay on top of it. And uh, there was another, the other one, the yellow flowered one we were talking about that seems to be, I was admiring, I can re- distinctly remember admiring it last year in public lawns, like of that <laughs> yellow, like, oh, what is this yellow flower that's kind of in the lawns that's been blooming since be- like forever. And now I'm finding it in my own lawn, Matt. So, and you <gasps> said it was called, remind <laughs> me what it was called. Yeah, it's bird's foot trefoil or trefoil, T-R-E-F-O-I-L. Uh, ah. So, yeah, it's a, I admire it as well. It's quite beautiful. Um, but, yeah, it's a little bit of everywhere and can be kind of invasive. And if left to do its own thing, like yes. you said, it kind of just spreads out and latches onto some lawns so or yes. into your spaces. So it is good if you ca- can remove it, but uh, it is pretty pretty because it's very long blooming as well. It's been yeah. blooming since, like, the end of June. Uh, and it's end of July and still growing strong. So yeah, 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 definitely. So if you see that, um, you know, it's not like a wildflower that's been graciously blown to you or it's, it is a weed. <laughs> um, but it yeah, is. I mean, I struggle with, do I care if the lawn's weedy? Do I spend my time on lawns? Like it, it's just such a challenge, right? Yes. Yes, it is. One of the things we're going to be lucky not to have to maybe spend as much time on with our lawns, uh, is grubs with all of our lawns growing so green, at least here in the GTA, uh, you know, our green thick lawns that we're keeping nice in mode. Uh, the Japanese beetles won't be able to lay as many eggs in oh. spaces. So hopefully that'll help reflect some of those grubs. But we are getting into August. If you do have some open spaces uh, in your lawn from perhaps past weed damage, you can start to put down some nematodes mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks to start getting those eggs. And if you've got a lot of Japanese garden beetles now or have in through the end of July, you can start right away at the top of August uh, to get those hatching eggs because they only take two weeks. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, And if you're curious, we won't cover it in this episode of August in the garden, but we have definitely check out our past shows. Uh, We've done several on, on nematodes, how they work and how to, best uh, apply them Uh, so yeah so definitely check that out and we've walked you through it uh, several times over the last many years right Matt you've got it you've got it so check us out on all your major or your favorite podcast providers down the garden path Uh, and we've got you covered there not only on that topic but lots of past uh, great gardening topics and conversations 
That's right. And so when we go to um, like you to follow along almost in our book, for those of you who have purchased our book, yeah. um, we talk about August in the garden. There's not that much to do for deciduous trees and shrubs, is there? Uh, you know, because we've had rain, you know, watering that everything should be fairly happy. Uh, you know, yeah. some pruning for shaping if you'd like. Yeah. And that's all I've been really doing, even at my clients' houses. Um, you know, just pruning some of those spring shrubs, shaping, removing a little bit here and there, just to kind of keep them looking good. If maybe you did a good spring pruning, you've got some topiaries or a hedge and you've got some sprigs jumping out. That's kind of your just your maintenance pruning. Don't hesitate to just go out and just re-square off that little branch or take out those little sprigs that are jumping and uh, ruining your nice little lawn there. But yeah, outside, or nice lawn, nice little hedge there. But outside of that, yeah, we're basically just kind of watching them and letting them doing their thing, keeping their their uh, shape and just watching for, again, other insect pests and diseases that uh, might be after them. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Um, well, I was going to say, we mentioned the watering. We've got, uh, here in the GTA, we've had lots of water. So watering isn't too much of an issue. But if you do have your... Uh, a little bit more drought where you are, not as much rain as we've been blessed with this year. Don't forget, you can use a deep water root feeder, sorry, a Ross root feeder to uh, water nice and deeply beyond your lawn and uh, give those bigger trees and shrubs and hedges uh, or evergreens uh, a nice boost or a nice drink of water just for them. So uh, keep an eye on those water deeply if you need to and where you need to. That's right. And how about our evergreens? Can we still, I think that we're getting to be, this August would be like the last time to prune like your yew hedges or your boxwood, right? We don't want to get too late into August, but you can do some light shaping. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, just very much more like that maintenance shaping, right? Like we've got a nice spiral boxwood, but, you know, maybe on the sunnier side or you gave it a little bit of extra food or water or fed it once or twice more this year, you know, we get a few little sprigs. It just kind of take away that that nice head shape or that nice topiary shape, giving it a very light shear again, just taking up some of those sprigs to return it to its original shape is all we really need to do. Uh, we don't need to cut it back by two or three inches and reshape everything uh, because like, as we said on the show before, right, pruning stimulates new growth and we don't want lots of new tender growth going into cooler seasons, especially, mm. I mean, for here it's, you know, September, October for us in the GTA, but if you're further north in Winnipeg or one of the prairie provinces or Alaska, where we know we have listeners, uh, you know, that could be definitely sooner for you guys. And it may not be an issue in somewhere like North Carolina, where it's 17 degrees in the middle of the winter. She's going to do whatever she wants. That's right. Down there. Yeah. So just keep that maintenance pruning, keep that shape. Uh, And then again, remember, we're always wanting to make the letter A. As for our our hedges, just so that we get those lower sticks growing in and fattening up, our hedge goes right to the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't become that little trash collector, I like to call it, all those little fingers gathering everything. But it's also a spot for those weeds to grow. And it adds more maintenance to your overall maintaining that beautiful look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not too much going on there. That's right. Oh. In our August garden. So yeah, so we're excited if you do have other questions, like we said at the beginning of the show, to uh, please post to our Facebook group at 
Down the Garden Path podcast on Facebook. Uh, we'd love to hear from you there. And I, I think the best thing about that, I mean, I know everybody's like, meh, about Facebook, but I think I love seeing the pictures. Yes, yeah, so I love seeing pictures when people post the pictures. Exactly. Yeah, I do too. I yeah. do too. So, Oh, that brings us to the end. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on our return episode to Down the Garden Path. I'm Matthew Dressing here with my co-host and co-author, Joanne Shaw. And uh, Joanne and I enjoy hosting Down the Garden Path. We always have bringing you interesting and relevant topics to help you achieve a great garden. We've learned or we do learn right along with you from our research and from the wonderful guests that join us on the show. That's right. And don't forget, you can spend time with us down the garden path. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Down the Garden Path Podcast. You can also find us on your favorite podcast provider. And while you are there, please hit subscribe, the subscribe button to be notified of new content. And please don't forget to like, share, and leave us a comment. We'd also love a review as well. That really will help our podcast, won't it? That's right. That's right. We love hearing from all of our listeners. Yes, you can. Uh, yep. Yeah, and you can always write to us at down the garden path podcast at hotmail.com or via our websites. You can find me at down to earth.ca with the number two. And Matt, you can find him at naturalaffinity.ca. That's right. Well, thanks again for everybody joining us. We'll uh, see you next episode. That's right. Thanks for joining us down the garden path. Bye for now.